Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to Episode 46. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church, where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week, we present a podcast with the purpose of answering a question that is being wrestled with by folks who listen to the podcast or who attend the Kerwinsville Christian Church. So today we're going to look at a question that really has been really wrestled with since the time of the start of the church. It's really an old question, but it appears over and over again throughout the years, and it's making its rounds today in Christianity Today. And what is the question, George? Well, we're going to look at the issue of whether or not I need to obey the Old Testament law. The question is, do I need to obey the Old Testament law? And that, my friends, is a question that the early church struggled with and has struggled with since then concerning the issue of maintaining and keeping the Old Testament law. And what we're going to do today is we're going to answer the question based upon an understanding of what the law is, based upon that understanding. So let's start with that first. Let's talk about the Old Testament law. The Old Testament law is found in the first five books of Genesis. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. In those books, you see... Moses laying down the law for the nation Israel as the law was given to him by God, by Yahweh or Jehovah. And the law basically covered three aspects of their society. It covered how they were to function as a nation and as a people. It covered how they were to worship God and it covered how they were to live their lives. So we could basically say that the Old Testament law was divided into three parts. First of all, there was a civil part of the law. What do I mean by civil? Well, there were rules governing, laws governing, how they were to function as a society, what they could do, what they can't do. What would happen if somebody got murdered? What would happen if somebody accidentally murdered someone? What would happen with regards to rape? What would happen with regards to an animal that was accidentally killed? These laws were all written concerning how they were to function as a society. There were even laws concerning how to handle mildew in the house. That's part of the Old Testament law. That's the civil law. The second aspect of the Old Testament law concerned their religious life, their spiritual life, how they were to approach God, how they were to approach God in the tabernacle, which would then become the temple later on, How, what type of sacrifices they were to make, which sacrifices were for what time, what would a poor person sacrifice if he didn't have the funds 
to make a sacrifice that was a normal sacrifice? What would be this situation and that situation in the approach to God? And we see what is known as the religious aspect of that law. The final aspect of that law is commonly known to us as the moral law. It's represented by the Ten Commandments. There are other aspects to the moral law in the Old Testament law. Now, the question is, when we look at this question, do I need to obey the Old Testament law? Most people, when they ask that question, are not thinking in terms of the civil law. Although maybe possibly in some instances they are. But they're not really thinking in terms of the civil law. For Christians, they're not really even thinking in terms of the religious law, although somebody might be thinking about that. Usually what is governing their thinking is in terms of the moral law. However, there are instances today where you find people who are trying to impose a type of spirituality that comes out of the Old Testament law onto Christians today, such as, I'll give you an example, a few years ago, there was very much a big movement. You could, you could actually, there was an organization that was telling you how to eat the Old Testament way, that the proper way of eating was according to the Old Testament dietary laws. Things like that, what you could and could not do, or that we should be keeping the Old Testament festivals. We should be marking the old, the new moons and different things like that. Those are all things that are being communicated today and they're actually bringing confusion to Christians concerning whether or not they should be adhering to the Old Testament law. So let me give you the answer to the question and then I'll give you the biblical support. Let me give you the answer and I'll give you the biblical support. Number one, the answer is not necessarily. You and I are not necessarily to obey the Old Testament law, specifically. The civil law that was governing how Israel was to function as a nation in Canaan, in Palestine, that has no bearing on you and I today in North America. There are things that we can learn from that, but you and I are not obligated to keeping that aspect of the law. There are things to learn from their dietary laws. There are things to learn about how or what we can and cannot do. But we are under no obligation to obey that. Their religious law. Again, there are things that we can learn from the first five books that tell us about the approach to God, how God approached things, his holiness, what he expected. We can learn from that, but we are under no obligation to make sacrifices anymore. In fact, we would say that the sacrifices have ended. Why? Because the sacrifices were a foreshadowing of what would come. What do you mean what would come? Well, the ultimate sacrifice that we find in Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of the law. So we would not necessarily feel that you would need to adhere to the religious law. Now, the issue of the moral law is very interesting because what I want you to see is, is that when you talk about the moral law, everything that is listed in the moral law is restated in the New Testament. 
everything in the moral law is restated in the New Testament with the exception of one thing, and that is the keeping of the Sabbath. So you have the apostles and Jesus reiterating the moral law. So what does that mean? Yes, we keep the moral law because the moral law transcends the Mosaic law. And really, that's what we see in the scripture. So for instance, I told you that this was an issue that was debated and argued about even in the early church. So in Acts chapter 15, if you go there, you find that this was the argument that was going on. They had a church council to discuss, should Gentiles keep the law, basically become like Jews in order to be saved? And it was decided, no, we're not going to lay that burden on them. And so they wrote a letter to the Gentile churches and the scripture records what that letter is. But I just want to focus on two things that was in that letter that kind of tells us where we need to focus on when we talk about whether or not we're to keep the Old Testament law. It says this, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. All right, let's stop for a moment. They're saying that they don't want to lay on Gentiles an unnecessary burden. What are they talking about? Well, they're talking about the law. Because earlier in the passage, Peter says, Why do, verse 10, Now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. That's the interesting thing about the Old Testament laws. The Jews themselves could not keep it perfectly. So here they are, verse 28, saying they don't want to lay this burden upon us. But here's what they want us to do. Verse 29. You are to abstain from things offered to idols. Again, reiterated through the New Testament. You're only to worship God, not idols. Second thing. From blood and things strangled. That's an interesting thing. Where did they get that from? Well, that goes all the way back to the Noetic Covenant. After God saved Noah and his family through the flood, when they landed on dry land and they were told to replenish the earth, multiply and replenish the earth, they were given the command then that they could eat meat. But they were told not to eat the meat with blood in the meat from the animal. So, okay, that's a restating of a law that actually is there before the Mosaic law. And then notice what it says. And from sexual immorality. Again, reiterated throughout the scripture from Jesus to Paul. In fact, Paul makes it very clear in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that this is the will of God that you abstain from sexual immorality. And notice what the writer says, if you keep yourselves from these, you do well. So you say, okay, George, what are you saying to us? I'm saying you don't have to necessarily operate by keeping the Old Testament law. In fact, James says this in James chapter 2, verse 10. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty 
of all. What's he talking about? Well, if you feel the comp- the compulsion and you feel the need to keep the Old Testament law, James is saying, if you try to keep the Old Testament law, the moment, the instance that you stumble at one point, you break the entire law. In fact, that's the point that Paul tries to make to the Colossian believers. He says this, verse 16 of chapter 2, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or new moons or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let's look at verse 20 and 23. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Don't touch, don't taste, don't handle. He's talking about the legalism of that law, which all concern things which perish with using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have the appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. That's really what the issue is. When we look at somebody who is emphasizing and stressing the fact that you and I need to keep the Old Testament law, it's really that they're trying to portray themselves as being spiritually wise in their self-imposed religion, their false humility. And the reality is, is that's not how we're judged worthy by God. We're judged worthy because of our faith in Jesus Christ who fulfilled the law on our behalf. Finding Clarity Podcast is really an opportunity to answer questions that you might have. You might be listening and say, George, I have a question that I would like for you to answer. Well, let me just encourage you, please get in contact with us and get us that question so that we can talk about it here on the podcast. There are several ways that you can get in touch with us. If you attend a Kerwinsville Christian Church, just simply write down your question, stick it in the offering plate, the men will get it to me, and we'll answer it here on the podcast. By the way, if you don't have a church home, we would encourage you to attend the Kerwinsville Christian Church. We're located at 700 State Street in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. And our service is on Sunday at 1045. We're come as you are church. You don't really need to worry about how you dress. We just are encouraged that you come so that you can learn about Jesus Christ. You can also contact us through Facebook. Go to our page, facebook.com slash Finding Clarity Podcast. We encourage you to like our page so you can keep up with what's happening on the podcast. And you can also use that page to get in contact with us either through a direct message or by writing on our wall. You can also go to our church website, kerbinsvillechristian.org. Simply go to the contact page, let us know your question, and we'll answer it right here. Next week, we're going to address an issue that a lot of people struggle with, and they're trying to find an answer for it, and so they're even trying to find an answer in the Bible, but they can't necessarily find it, and it has to do with the issue of forgiveness. And and so what we're going to talk about next week is, is what does the Bible say about forgiving yourself? What does the Bible say about forgiving yourself? Until next week, take care.